Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here. Fightful Podcast. It is Friday, April 7th, is when this will air. I'm joined by a man who who not only has gotten back in the ring recently, he had some appearances and and do i hear that maybe a sex tape is dropping <laughs> i think there's a bunch of them out there oh shit you you had a fun this is obviously the week after wrestlemania we got tons to talk about like usually we do a topic driven show but i think there's enough stuff to talk about this week between impact wwe between your appearances between ufc 210 we can kind of just talk about some stuff uh, what was how was first off how was your wrestlemania weekend because i know that you you did have quite a bit of stuff to do it was full it was a uh, it was a full schedule from the time we landed in orlando uh to the time we left but uh and it was awesome you know a really great time the all the appearances went great you know the shows went great uh the breakfast brunch is great once again i'm the first guy booked for wrestlecon next year I was the first guy booked hey. uh, last year for this one, the one that just happened. And as soon as I was done with the brunch, he said, you're booked for next year? And I said, okay, cool. So uh, That's got to make you feel good. That's pretty good job security. Yeah, it is, man. And that thing isn't as easy as I make it out to be. It's one of those things where it does, you know, like uh, people think I have all this time to prepare. Like I, I, I didn't have a finalized list of who even was going to be there until that morning, like right before it starts. And now I got, uh, you know, I got like 20, 22 wrestlers. I got to look and try to decide who to call up in what order to call them up, you know, because, I mean, not everybody can talk, but I know some people are going to have good stories and stuff like that. So, and I got to manipulate the uh, tone and vibe and narrative of the whole thing. So it could be a little difficult, but it so far, you know, it's, it's been a home run every single time. So uh, that that is that was my favorite part. So walk me through the week. When do you fly out? How long is the flight? How'd that go? I flew out Thursday, me and the uh, lovely Karen, H2H Empress. We flew down uh, Thursday night. I had a meeting as soon as I got there, a uh, secret meeting, uh, as they say in the the business. Um, Say again? Is that with impact or just in general? That was a secret meeting in general. Um, Okay. What did we do Thursday night? I got to get my whole schedule right. I think Thursday night was the Walla Mania thing. Yeah, Walla Mania. Walla's great. Yeah, yeah. So we uh, we did that. And like Thursday night, too, was the night I was like, okay, go in, just make the little appearance at Walla Mania, go back to the hotel and rest up because Friday, Saturday, Sunday are going to be slammed. So, of course, uh, we didn't get to bed till about 5 a.m. that morning. <laughs> yeah, I guess Friday morning now. Um. Uh, Friday, get up, got a a four-hour autograph signing at WrestleCon. Uh, Friday afternoon, we had the WrestleCon Super Show, in which I was a part of this uh, battle royale, a uh, Royal Rumble-type battle royale, which I had to put together. I was the agent for, 
And also when I got there, I was asked to run the locker room, like literally minutes before the show. Because people were coming up and asking me questions, and I'm going, why the fuck are y'all asking me? Like, what's going on? And so then uh, the guy that comes to Russell goes, yeah, man, I was hoping you could run the locker room. Did you get a pay bump for that? Uh, yeah, yeah, I did. Um, so, uh, yeah, sure, you know. And uh, But now I got to answer questions that I'm not even sure of all the matches on the show. I don't know what the fuck's going on, you know, but I got to try to, you know, be uh, some type of an organizer there. But uh, it, wor- it still worked out pretty well. Uh, the Battle Royale was really fun. And a Joey Ryan's DDT title was uh, defended throughout yeah. the Battle Royal. So uh, a very eccentric cast of characters, you know, uh, Colt Cabana, Hornswoggle, myself, Marty Jannetty, uh, Billy Gunn, Kevin Thorne. Trying to think who all was in there, man. It was just, it was just a crazy uh, mix of people. Big Moose was in there. Um, I love the DDT Iron Man Heavy Metal Weight Championship. That is a modern day WWF Hardcore Championship, but it, it's so much fun because you, you, you really never know who it's going to be. There are people who have held that title. I want to say, like, hundreds of times, like because they, they they would just switch it back and forth and back and forth. But yeah, among yeah. the champions this weekend, oh God, I'm looking. There's like 40 of them. Here are some of them: Pat Buck. Brandy Rhodes, Matt Stryker, Swoggle, The Sandman, a guy named Jack the Jobber, Joe Hendry, Shayna Baszler, Eddie Kingston, Joey Janela, and the oh shit, the Invisible Man's the current champion. There you have it. Yeah, so uh, That's a fun time. A pretty illustrious uh, cast of characters there. <laughs> so uh, that was Friday. Uh, of course, it was an after party Friday night. After party at this point should just be an assumption that that's going to happen every night. Uh, Saturday had another appearance, uh, a four-hour autograph signing again Saturday. Uh, Two secret meetings Saturday evenings. Uh, Sunday, uh, of course, after party, Saturday night. Um, Then the breakfast brunch, the WrestleCon brunch, uh, Sunday morning. And then I had a Huge cast of characters in my hotel suite uh, for WrestleMania, and we called it Shana Mania. I saw that. Yeah, so uh, that, that was a good little group. There was another party going down, but the ratio of women in mine in my party was something more to my liking. Uh, you know, uh, so, uh, sausage fest on one end of the hotel. Shana Mania had it rocking. But, um, Shana Mania. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, that was it. And then... um. Of course, hanging out uh, after party, of course, Sunday night. And then Monday, we flew home, and uh, I've been trying to recover ever since. We have a question in. It says, just how high was that choke slam you gave Kevin Thorne? This question is from Kevin Thorne. <laughs> uh, I got his ass off the ground. And there's a funny backstory to that. Uh, years ago, and I can't remember the year, there was a, me and Kevin were supposed to have a match, and I can't remember if it was like for Sunday Night Heat. Or it was like for Sunday Night Heat or Velocity or one of those shows. And so we went and got dressed and you know, had a match put together, and then uh, something, something weird happened, and they changed the show, and they didn't need that match anymore. So it was like, ah, you know, cool. Uh, I didn't really think a lot of it. You know, that would happen every now and then. It wasn't something that would regularly happen, but if they did it, there was generally a reason for it. So... Um, you know, Kevin got undressed, and uh, and I was about to, to get undressed, and then they came and added the match back. So I had, like, half my shit off, but I had to, like, you know, get everything back on. We come back again, so now we're ready, and then they came, and they changed it again. Well, I just stay in my shit. I said, I'm not getting undressed again, so I don't know what the hell is going on here. And uh, it was, like, two or three times that they did this, and it wasn't just our match. It was a couple other guys. And, yeah. You know, I was just like, fuck it. I'm going to be here if they need it, and I ain't going to keep taking my clothes off. Because, uh, you know, of course, we're, you know, everybody's thinking, oh, they're trying to rib us, but I'm like, what's the payoff on ribbing us, you know? <laughs> this is, yeah. You know, so there's no real payoff here. But so anyway, the match never happened, and that was years ago, and we never worked as far as uh, when I was Hurricane doing the choke slam. So finally, years later, got that damn choke slam, man. Uh, so he's a big dude. He's happen. in great shape, too. Yeah, he's a uh, really good shape, man. He was a really big guy, last-minute addition to that Battle Royal, Battle Royale. We had a couple guys uh, that showed up late, and – uh, you know, that wasn't the easiest match to put together from an agent standpoint. So, but Kevin uh, stepped up and helped out a lot. So, good how, job, like, kid. 
how do you do that? It is, we've spoken on numerous occasions about what a cluster that can be. Mm-hmm. And it you, can be. you specifically have said like some battle royals like that can be quite dangerous. Yeah, when you got a lot of bodies in there flipping and flopping around, you know, they, they get dangerous when you got inexperienced guys in there and they're trying to do spots and crazy shit all over the place. But uh, there was a lot of experience in, in, in this one. So uh, I wasn't too worried about that. But, they, I mean, shit could still happen. It's just, you know, I mean, when you do a, a rumble type thing, you want a good flow in terms of, of the guys coming in. You know, you want pops here, you want pops here, but maybe not everybody might not get a pop. So where do you put those guys that might not get a pop? And you, but you still wanted to build t- toward the end, you know. So uh, I think it came together pretty nice. It, it was pretty crazy. By the end, there was no way you could predict who was going to come out next with that cast of characters, and that's that's what I was going for. So uh, definitely pulled pulled that one out. One of the programs that kind of kicked off Mania Week, even though it wasn't live, last week's Impact. You got LAX winning the championships. I'm stoked to see them back. I think they're one of the great acts in Impact history. I was I'm thrilled to see them back. Uh, not only that, I was watching NXT a couple weeks ago, and I see Angel Rose there facing Asuka. And I was as soon as I saw, I didn't get a good look at her face before she went on there. And as soon as that kick was sold, I was like, "This girl's awesome." Then I find out that's her. Uh, she's been signed by Impact Wrestling. That's a hell of a get. So. Uh, what's that been like? I mean, you're bringing back an act. It's not the exact same, but it's still one that looks like they're going to have pretty, pretty good success in the company. Yeah. Those guys are good, man. Um, it's, it's not the exact same cast of characters, but you got the leader, you know, as long as uh, you got um, Conan and homicide in there, it's still enough that it isn't a complete, you know, NWOB team, you know, it's, it's, this is still the a team squad. And and uh, those guys are good, man. They got a lot of energy. I like the girl. Uh, I think they call her Diamante is her name on the show, yeah. um, which is Spanish for diamond. Diamond, I said. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that'll be good, man. I'm looking forward to seeing what else they can do. I've, I've only seen a little bit of the girls' work, uh, and I didn't see any of the LAX guys until the, the TNA stuff. So uh, they're going to be good. You know, they got a bright future ahead. Andrew Everett. DJZ and that that X division. You think any? You think there's any anybody any person around on this podcast who could compete with them? I will go in there and slap this shit out of both of them. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> a little. Well, I don't know if it was a bomb that was dropped. Laurel Van Ness. She she seems to be recovering well. She was at the WrestleMania party with with Zack Ryder. Uh, but, but was she still drinking, though? That's the problem, man. We, this, girl, uh, yeah. this girl might have a situation, man. We might have a problem on the hands with this one. Yeah, we probably saw the sober pictures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, so, I cried uh, around ain't out there tweeting when she when her lipstick's running and her makeup's going going crazy. Well, I think they put up some picture on uh, April 1st, so I thought they were just kind of joking around, <laughs> and maybe that was intentional. So I was like, I'm not biting into it. But, uh, I mean, I like both those people, so that'll be an interesting little couple. I'm happy for them. Another thing I wanted to ask you about, we've got this Impact World of Sport thing. We've mm-hmm. seen WWE dip into the UK market, and the UK market is hot right now. It's crazy. I mean, it has been for several years for Impact to the point to where you would you used to always hear, why isn't Impact basing themselves in the UK, which I don't think a lot of people understand the cost affiliated with that. What do you think, what do you think are the positives and any negatives of an, an Impact World of Sport relationship? Uh, I don't know what any negatives would be, not not off the top of my head. It was something I would have to look into. I mean, the positives is obviously the partnership with uh, a brand that's got a lot of historical significance. So, um, And just another partnership in the U.K., you know, when we lost that, uh, I forget whatever channel it was on that we were on before, you know, the challenge or some shit like that. Uh, when that, when that happened, you know, of course, that, that was a bit of concern because that was a big market for us. So now that we got it back with the Spike U.K. thing and now this announcement and uh, – with the app that they, uh, that um, Impact's working with, Anthem is working with. So uh, that's all looking good, man. That's what you got to do. You got to make good, positive business moves. You know, this business, pro wrestling is about, it has two animals. It has the art side and it has the business side, and they both have to be really good. You know, the art is what the product we put out there. You know, that's where the wrestlers come into play. The business standpoint, that's where the business guys come into play, and they better be doing some good shit too. So, uh, at least they're off and running, and it seems that 
in terms of that UK stuff that they're making a lot of positive moves. Yeah, I like that. It, and Jeff Jarrett has said that his vision for Global Force Wrestling is happening in impact. Now, I've heard people respond to that positively and negatively, but you all have already established some pretty good relationships thus far. Uh, there was a relationship that ended this weekend that, well, not this weekend, probably before. Uh, Aaron Rex said that he's gone from the company. Uh, have anything on that? No, actually, I didn't know until this morning. Somebody texted me and asked me about booking Aaron. I was like, yeah, well, you got to go through the office. And he said, I didn't think you worked there anymore. So I didn't even fucking hear about it. <laughs> wow. You know? Well, I mean, well, you t- if you tape once every few months, I mean, sometimes sometimes that just happens. Sometimes people aren't brought back. Yeah, Did I mean, it's not, like the, it's not like the office would call me and say, hey, by the way, Aaron's not here yeah. anymore, you know. If, um, and I don't – I mean, I – I'm friends with him, you know, with buddies and stuff, but we don't like call each other and shit. So I just didn't yeah. know. And this weekend I was so swamped. If somebody told me, I fucking forgot. So yeah, I didn't, well, there, I didn't is. really confirm that until this morning. You did have a couple buddies show up at WrestleMania. All the buddies. Yeah. Uh, the Hardys, mm-hmm. WWE. They, now, now, not only did they show up, they did it like the night after a ladder match. And I heard this great story about Jeff Hardy working people at the hotel. Like, he was there, and he's like, God, I am beat. I am beat down. I just had a ladder match. I got to go up to the hotel room. I got to get some rest. And then he went straight to WrestleMania. <laughs> Imagine that. Kayfabe, man. What? Kayfabe, when it's done right, it still works. You know. And that's, oh, that's- he kayfabe the shit out of a writer last week, and the writer was like, he had posted exclusive Hardys with Ring of Honor through the summer. I'm like, can you be that dumb? Like, what? Don't don't be that dumb. Follow up. Do so. just because he says it before WrestleMania weekend doesn't make it so. Um, from Matt's tweets, it looks like the broken thing is on the shelf for a while. Do you think that's because of the the impact Matt Hardy thing, or do you think Vince said, "What the hell is this, pal"? Uh, maybe a little bit of both. I I can definitely see them wanting to bring them back. I mean, because. You can't just assume that the entire WWE audience has been watching the TNA stuff, although the delete chants that are frequently happening uh, might lead you to believe that. But um, maybe they just kind of want to, you know, bring them back, show a little bit of uh, of the old Hardy Boys, and then gradually get to where they could go with the Broken Universe type stuff. You know, or maybe they're just so happy with, um, you know, what they used to be. let's, Let's give that a run and see what happens first, you know. I mean, if, if fans are, you know, taken to to them as they are, as they did Sunday night and last and Monday night on, on Raw, you know, uh, take your time. You ain't got to rush that shit. So. And, I mean, if, if Impact and Matt get that sorted out, him becoming broken, rebroken on WWE TV is a hell of an angle to run, to have in your pocket to do. So good. I was really happy to see them them back uh is this the most decorated like four month run of American tag team history? They won the Impact <laughs> Wrestling titles, the Ring of Honor titles, WWE Raw titles, and several independent titles along the way too, including the Omega titles. The Omega titles, yeah, and yeah. their own titles. Yeah, they're the uh, they're the Ultimo Dragon of tag teams at the moment. So, man, that, that that's a good run if you could get it. Good for Those them. Kids that's, on that's fire. That's pretty awesome. I don't think that the Hardys have gotten the credit they deserve for being able to reinvent themselves. Matt in particular. I mean, yeah. when companies are like, no, Matt, you're not working here anymore. Get get the fuck out. He's like, oh, oh, really? Well, we'll see about that. Now, my question to you is, are they still the Omega Tag Team Champions? Yeah, until they lose them, until we have to crown some new ones. So, I just didn't know if you would uh, you would vacate them. Or not, uh, but we ain't got to vacate them until we get a, a show book that we can actually crown. That, hey, so. it's, that's true. You know, did you have a favorite match of WrestleMania weekend? Doesn't have to be WrestleMania or WWE related. Uh, I saw a pretty badass match between Matt Riddle and Dan Severn. 58 yeah, was years that good? Old. Oh, it was unbelievable. And some people gave Matt some shit. He thought, I guess he thought it was off the air. He got on the mic. He said, we didn't call shit. They just beat the brakes off of each other. It was pretty awesome. 
There you go. Uh, there was a 10-man tag uh, right before that Battle Royal at the WrestleCon Super Show with Team Ricochet against Team Willow Osprey. Oh, wow. That was uh, pretty absurdly ridiculous, you know, good. So uh, that would be one I would try to find if uh, if you can. It's on the WrestleCon Super Show from Friday night. Can't wait to check that out. Uh, do you think there are going to be more or less shows for, like, next year's weekend? Because it is a thing. But, I mean, there were a ton of shows this weekend. I don't know I think- how the hell there could be more. There was one after yeah. WrestleMania, like, Mania after that. midnight. Yeah. Somebody was sending me snaps, and it was like ACH, and I'm like, wait a second. I just sat through seven hours. Like, that's nuts. There were so many shows I was going to try to make, and I I just can't make them all. You know, I'm exhausted. I got to do other – I got to eat. Like, uh, I think there was a couple guys, you know, Joey Ryan being one of them. I think he wrestled 47 times. Uh, There's a couple (laughs) different guys, man. It's just they were on every single show, and I'm like, what the fuck? 48 of those were him winning that championship back. Yeah, I think Sammy Callahan was on every single show I saw advertised just about. Uh, man, a lot of, a lot of girl mention stuff. And then the girls, I know, did one of those custom shoots, too, where they have a bunch of, you know, like, 20 matches or some shit. Yeah. So, uh, man, that was a, there was a lot of wrestling going on in Orlando this past weekend. I want to put over that Joey Janela's spring break show, which it was funny. They got <laughs> – the announcers got pissy with me because I put on Twitter – I don't know if it was their first time calling thing, but I was like, stop talking over the ring announcer. That's like the first thing you're told in broadcasting. Don't fucking do that. And they brought it up like six or seven times, and they said, somebody might die here. And then one of the announcers says, well, we can't talk over the guy doing the eulogy. And I was like, no, you wouldn't. True. But uh, Glacier showed up there. He was in a match called a clusterfuck. That was the name of the match? It was called a clusterfuck. It went 45 minutes. There you go. Sounds like it. Uh, I, he was at the brunch, actually. I've known uh, I've known he? him ever since WCW. So, yeah, and I saw the clip of him on the uh, – he went to the second rope and was doing his pose in his Glacier outfit, man. That thing still looked pretty cool. I, I always oh, liked man. that Glacier entrance in WCW with the little snowflakes and uh, – and little laser lights when they was doing when he was doing oh, yeah. that gimmick in WCW. That was one of their best entrances in terms of production and how cool it looked. If that would have been, if Vince would have done that. See, Vince could have made money with with stuff like that. Vince will take yeah. stuff like that and he'll commit to it. WCW would have problems committing to a gimmick like that um, in terms of the glacier stuff. But how visually, how cool it was, man! And kids ate that up, you know. So, uh, man, he's a good guy too. I like him a lot. There's a cool spot in that match where he and Ethan Page went face to face, and the Mortal Kombat music started playing over the loudspeakers. Oh, yeah. I loved oh, it. Man. Marty Jannetty was on that show. It was a themed show. I think the indie indie promotions could make some money off of doing some themed shows. Like Joey Janela really knocked it out of the park with this one. But I'm like, man, you could run an Easter show and bring in Adam Rose and the Bunny and have them main event the damn thing. There you go. Uh. Now there wasn't there wasn't a major impact like there was there wasn't an impact show. Do you think that maybe they they change their mind next year? I know it's not in Orlando, but New Orleans ain't that far. Yeah, they damn sure missed a going opportunity. <laughs> it was right fucking here. But um, yeah, I hope they try to do something. I know they ended up having like a booth or something at WrestleCon or something like that. So at least they were there. You know, uh, I I know I mentioned it to him last year. You know, I was like, why don't we do something about for this year? You know, I was like, half the guys are on shows there anyway. You know, you yeah. might as well do something. And uh, they were looking into it, but obviously they're still in a transitional phase in, in terms of uh, all the stuff they got going on and uh, maybe not enough personnel to kind of handle uh, all the stuff that's going on anyway. So I'm sure they it crossed a bunch of people's minds to do it. And hopefully next year there'll be something available. Well, yeah, I mean, there were issues with getting contracts to people out in a timely manner. So I'd imagine trying to book a series of shows yeah. or even a show, that could have yeah. been hard because you've got a major transition of power happening there. Right. But of course, hopefully, hopefully we see that next year. I, w- I would love to see that or really any like maybe SummerSlam weekend, anything to capitalize. I would yeah. really like to see. Obviously, we saw what appears to be the retirement of The Undertaker. Yeah. Did this get all up in your feels? Man, it got in my feels, man. Um, yeah, that was really good when they were when it was the ending match of the show. You know, I, I and you heard all the rumors going on before. So, uh, 
I was like, it was like the uh, final episode of one of your um, like favorite series TV shows. Like, even if it's good, there's still uh, a, a looming gloom to it all, you know. Uh, and so, you know, the, the match was good, and the the the, uh, the the ending thing with him putting his all the stuff back on, and then slowly taking off the gloves, the coat, and the hat, and leaving the hat in the ring, and and walking away from it all, and. I guess he went to hell. You know, I'm, I'm not sure exactly. I saw him go down, so <laughs> I'm assuming that means he went to hell. I guess he was a bad boy during his life. Man, it was a, it was good. It was symbolic, and it was, it was a great end to a story. You know, I, I know it was sad because the story ends, but sometimes that's how it is. You know, when a, even when you're reading a, a really great book, when you get to its final pages, you know, uh, and I know, I know you don't know how to read or anything, but when you get to the final pages of a really look at you, your book's gone, your paperweight. See, look at that bullshit that you got just foot rest. I'm reading the around town paper right now. Actually, I didn't even know they still made papers. Um, yeah, they well, they send them, they they bring them by for free. You don't have to pay for them anymore. But like when you get to the couple last pages of your book, you know, and it's been a real good one. There's always that, oh man, it's almost over, you know. So uh, there's a bit of that going on. Like you, uh, you're sad if you're an Undertaker fan because you don't want him to go, but at the same time, you understand it. So man, uh, what can you say about that guy? He's one of the best that's ever did it, and man, it's, uh, it was an honor to work with him. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I'm in an honor to watch some of the stuff and learn from him and he he was a great guy to be under the learning tree with. I've never known a pro wrestling landscape without him to some degree. Like at least him in the background knowing he'll be around for WrestleMania, something like that. I mean, maybe maybe for a few months when I was like four or five years old, but it's wild. It's wild. I, I said on the other the other day, I'm excited for when WWE inevitably releases that like four hour documentary about him. That'd be that'll be cool because I'm pretty sure they'll do that. Yeah. Yeah, that was an emotional moment. Jim Ross on the call. Mm-hmm. That got all yeah. up in the feels too. Also, I've been told he's he's still gonna do his work with New Japan, even though he signed with WWE. So that's that's pretty cool too. But yeah, that was that was some stuff. That that was that was some emotional stuff. Yeah, that's what it's, I mean, that's what it's all about, man. The stuff that you'll remember. You'll remember that match. You'll remember that finish. Uh, and you're going to remember the ending of that mania for it. If you watched it, you'll probably probably remember it a lot more than anything else you saw on that show. And and at the end of the day, that's what you want. I got some of the names that were in that battle royal <laughs> that you were in. Oh, yeah. Too Cold Scorpio. Too Cold Abyss. Abyss. I love Too Cold. Too Cold Scorpio is my favorite. Well, he and Marty Jannetty, who were also in this match, were my two favorites as kids. Uh Marty, he he had that he had a match against Joey Janela on that spring break show actually to to determine who the real bad boy of wrestling was. So uh he got a lot of work. Uh Moose, Matt Stryker, Kikitaro, uh Kevin Thorne, Joey Ryan, Jake Manning, George South? George South was in there, yeah. Jesus. Shane Douglas, Shannon Moore, Mr. Hughes. Mr. Hughes, who had a very good, had a great pop, came out to no music. I forget what the announcer said, but it was like, you know, a certain protection agency or some shit like that. You know, and he came out and, man, nice pop for Mr. Hughes, man. It was very good. What kind of shape is he in? I'll see pictures of him here and there. And, like, a couple of years ago, I would see him and he was jacked. No, he looked great. I mean, he was in, a, he was in the outfit, but he's, I mean, he's smaller in, in terms yeah. of, you know, he used to be a – you know, a, a chunky, chunky ass, and now yeah. he's all lean and looks looks in really good shape. Also, uh, of course, Kevin Thorne, suicides, Zane Riley, Gangrel. Gangrel. Man, that sounds like a that, that sounds like a ton of fun. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, you didn't know who the hell was coming out next. In the match that you talked about, the ten person tag it was Ar Fox, Desmond Xavier, Jason Cade, Ricochet, and Sammy Sammy Callahan against Galloway. Leo Rush, Marty Skrull, Ryan Smile, Will Ospreay. That sounds like a ball, too. Man. 
it's a hell of a show. Then you got the Sandman, Joey Ryan, uh, Jeff and Matt Hardy, Jeff Cobb versus Bobby Lashley. Oh, and it was for the Impact Championship. There you go. So you had a little bit of a presence there. There were a ton of Impact wrestlers on this show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, pretty much most of the roster was on was wrestling somewhere. You know, so yeah, it's one of those things where obviously the roster's in demand. Yeah, I love. I love the idea of Lashley defending that championship on this show. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, and too, it just and just watching it, you only saw a little bit of that match. And Jeff Cobb's got a good presence about him. He's the, he's the you know solid built cat man, but just anybody standing beside Bobby Lashley just looks small. Man, just it's visually hard to come off as a threat against that guy. He just visually is such a monster, and just the way he moves, and you can just see how athletic he is and everything he does. Man, it looks—he's fucking incredible. Especially wrestlers from like beyond ten years ago. I don't think that a lot of people comprehend how fucking big they all are. I remember one of the first interviews I did was Al Snow, and at the time I was, I was like cutting to one forty-nine point nine for for wrestling tournaments and stuff. I did this interview with him, and his arm was about the size of my torso. Like, he was huge. And he wasn't considered one of the big guys in professional wrestling. Well, your torso is pretty small, so I don't even know what that means. (laughs) I mean, his bicep. He had one of these. It was probably bigger than that. Probably bigger than that. I think I lost you, Shane. I think I got you back. There we go. So, also, one thing I wanted to ask you about. There was a bit of an argument on Twitter. I saw it yesterday. Scott Dawson of The Revival, who debuted on Monday, posted a picture with Bailey mm-hmm. after the show. Wade Keller, a wrestling writer, said, It's not my character or living or income they're undercutting because they can't get social media in sync with their TV personas. Now the rival, the revival have never like had a feud with Bailey. They aren't out there punching women in the face or anything. And he responded and said, "What? We're not allowed to have friends." And I think this opens up an interesting conversation because this is a lot different than what, what wrestling was eight, nine, ten years ago. There's social mm-hmm. media now. Like you see pictures of these wrestlers together. Now, I mean, you don't see Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton out like playing thumb wrestling or anything, but. Well, what's your take on this? Do you think wrestlers should be more careful on social media, do it a case-by-case basis? How do you feel about that? Yeah, it's a case-by-case basis. You know, I, I think you should try to use it to match your gimmick a little bit, you know, your character and stuff that you're doing. Um, you know, I, there's, I see a lot. I see a lot of it, a lot a lot more from indie, indie characters. They just have this really attention whore type mentality. Like, I want people to like me. I need more followers on Twitter. But Twitter doesn't pay you. you know, Twitter isn't where you're going to make your money. And if you're a heel, I definitely can see that old school mentality of, you know, it's going to be hard to get people to boo you. But then on social media, you are begging people to like you. You know, there is there is going to be a, a disconnect there. Um, and especially if it's something you don't have to do. You do not have to post that shit. You know, you're making mm-hmm. a choice yourself to do that. You know, I think Titus O'Neil is a great example. Like he's such, you see on social media that he's such a like, he deserves like a Nobel Peace Prize or something for how good of yeah. a person he is. No matter what he does on TV, I can't hate him now. You know, I, I just can't. Yeah. So that, that's an example of even though you know he's doing this good stuff and it should be promoted, maybe he just should be a baby face on the show. You know, may you know, I, I really don't know. I, I like how Jericho. I like how Matt uses social media. I like, you know, I like how Jeff uses social media, you know, keep that mystique alive. You don't need to know everything. Um, I'm in a bind because I'm a heel on impact, but I'm booked as the hurricane everywhere else. So uh, yeah. I'm kind of in a, you know, a, a unique situation. And, but I remember even back in the day when I, when I had my Gregory uh, Helms heel run, I was a heel on social media too. You know, I did it everywhere. I, I wanted it all to match and, at the end of the, my at the end of the day, what's going to benefit me more is how over I am in my career, and my sure. fans are going to understand that. You know, um, you either understand it or you don't, and it'll be okay either way. You know, but uh, I don't know if that one particular instance is that big of a deal, but it's something I would be careful about because if you're coming in new and you yeah. want to get reactions and you want to get heel reactions, but then you're out there smiling and cheesing with baby faces all the time on social media, you could 
you could uh, under undercut yourself a little bit. We were talking about this with uh, about Braun Strowman because I think Disco is really freaked out about his nipple piercings. And see, in yeah. my mind, I'm more afraid of him because he has nipple yes. piercings. Like that made me even more afraid. Like, wait a minute. So he might turn my ass into a gimp too. Like now I'm even more afraid of Braun Strowman. Um, but yeah, it, it's something you got to be careful with, you know, and just everybody out there just needs to keep in mind, like that's doing social media, especially the young guys that listen to the show. And there are, you know, there are guys in the business that listen to the show. So uh, you don't have to post anything. Remember anything you post, that is your choice. You're making that choice. And is this going to benefit me? You know, just ask yourself that the girls are actually the worst though. I, I see it from the girls the most, not that the boys don't, but they're out there and, have some good heat in a match, and then afterward they're all hugging and kissing, and they got to post 50 different selfies with each other and all this kind of shit. I'm like, damn, you know, you really had the audience. You know, you really had them, and sometimes that's really hard to do. And then you go and you just kind of want to give it away just for this one particular picture, which isn't going to really do anything for you other than yourself. So uh, it's case by case, but it's use it to benefit yourself, or else why are you doing it? The booking of the women, it, it kind of, it, man, it, it's rough on them too because there aren't a lot of them on any show. Like you got to severely, like drastically cut roster. So if you're posting a picture with almost any other girl on the roster, it's going to be somebody you're working mm-hmm. before too long. Anna made a good point on the, the post-Raw show this week. She said, how often have we seen the schoolyard bullies like be friends with that sweet girl? And you're like, how the fuck does that happen? Like that right. does happen all the time. And WWE actually posted a video of Sasha and Bailey, and they were like, I want to stay on Raw. The Revival's here now. So, I mean, yeah. like, they that is like a thing. And it's not like, I mean, who knows? I, I bet the Revival would get over if they went out and crippled Bailey, but that isn't a feud that we've seen. If they were on there, if they posted a picture with Kofi Kingston, I'd be like, uh, what? Why would you do that? You just knocked over his, his ice cream bike. Yeah. I mean, it's what it says, but a lot of people, they just want people to get to know the real them for some reason. You know, I don't know if they're just fucking lonely or something or don't don't have enough shit going in. I want them to know the real me, but this is the real me. I smile backstage all the time. I never get angry at anything. You know, um, who knows? You know, but some people, too, are just sociable. You know, there's also that, you know, I post shit all the time just because I like the interaction with people, you know, so. Yeah. But I, I'm different, and I'm I'm old now, so I really don't have to worry about my character. You know, my character, uh, what's going to affect my character? My character is going to be what it's going to be at this point. Yeah, that's the kind of conversation we could probably have for hours because there's so many facets to it. And wrestling yeah. has changed so much, and there are the shades of gray. And, you know, even people who are, like, heels, I mean, they don't have universally, universally horrible qualities about them. And baby faces, too. There's plenty of great people who do shitty stuff on occasion, like mm-hmm. – it's it's obviously something we'll talk about more. I want to talk about UFC 210. I am pumped for this main pump, event, kid? dude. I'm pumped. We got three guys there covering the show. We got Mike Straw, Showdown Joe, Brandon Howard. They're going to be sending us content all weekend long. The, the post-show podcast guys will be Sunday morning with Showdown Joe and I. He'll be doing it from a hotel in Buffalo. But this main event, this is a great main event, and there's a lot of question marks around it, Shane, because Rumble Johnson takes – just a flick at a wrist to knock you out. Mm-hmm. And Daniel Cormier ain't getting any younger, and his knees aren't getting any younger either. He's been through – he's seen some shit. He's seen some things. Who you got he, in that got, one? Uh, that one's hard. You know, I think, I think that, that's a tough one. You know, like, like you say, Rumble Johnson is one punch away from knocking anybody out on fucking earth. You know, um, but Cormier survived him once before. And so I think Cormier is going to have to stay away. You know, if he can make it, if he can make it past the second, I think Cormier's got it. You know, but those first two rounds is going to be, you know, you got to survive the onslaught. You got to survive Godzilla and you'll be okay. (sighs) One punch. I want to see Cormier, you know, just skill level. Cormier's got more skills. I don't think. I don't think that's a, an argument. You know, he's a fucking Olympian. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think whenever you got that Olympian label attached to you, you know, the skill thing kind of speaks for itself. But fucking Rumble Johnson is just terrifying. He is one terrifying human being. Um, 
I have to pick one, God damn. Are we betting? Are we ever going to bet? You always want me to pick first because your ass wants wants to pick last. Who you got? Who do you got doing this one? I got Rumble Johnson. I'll I'll tell you why. In, in the two years since these two fought, well, one, it was a fight on short notice. The short notice was on mm-hmm. Daniel Cormier's behalf, but they both had to prepare for that. Like Anthony Johnson was preparing right. for John Jones, different kind of animal. Since then, Cormier's had some injuries. He fought Gustafson, who was coming off of a loss, took him to a split decision. That was a close one. Then he didn't get to fight again until July last year. That was Anderson Silva. And this was an mm-hmm. Anderson Silva on literally a couple days' notice, a few weeks removed from surgery. And Anderson mm-hmm. Silva put him in some trouble. Now, to Cormier's credit, Cormier was trying to make that a fun fight. Yeah. He was trying to – he was doing his best. He was like, listen, guys, I know it's boring. I'm going to slug with him for a little bit. Then he goes, oh, fuck, this is Anderson Silva. I better not do that. And he went right back to the wrestling. Anthony Johnson has fought three times, and it has been against Jimmy Manoa, RIP, Ryan Bader, dead, gone to Bellator, see ya. Glover Teixeira, still hasn't woke up yet. Yeah, he murdered. Still hasn't woke up that, that's the type of knockout you see on World Star that gets like 400 million views where somebody, as soon as like the, the knuckle just, it, like it touches their aura and they're just. They're done. I think, I think Rumble's uh, going to take it. I think that, that Daniel Cormier's knee issues may slow him down a little bit. And if he goes for that shot, I think maybe, maybe Rumble catches him with a short uppercut and we, we see a collapsible man. Yeah, but Cormier is a guy. He like he likes to tie up from the inside as opposed to just shooting low. To shooting low, he's not a shoot low type guy. So, um, you know, he's um, I, I still I, it might just be the wrestling in me too. I still want to pick Cormier, so I'm gonna just go with that and uh, hope for the best. I think he survived him once. He can survive again, and take him into deep waters, and and that's when Rumble's gonna fade. That's my prediction. Here's the thing, too. You know, whenever you analyze fights, you always try to you know, envision what will happen. It's so easy to envision Rumble murdering somebody. Like, that's yeah. actually the first vision. It's like, oh, man, Rumble's going to knock him out because you want to think that because you think that every time. But uh, if Rumble doesn't knock him out, Cormier wins. I mean, you think about it, and Rumble had Cormier in trouble last time. And I'm trying to think of the last time Rumble didn't have somebody in trouble or on the fence, and it's like Phil Davis three years ago, and he still beat him. Mm -hmm. And now Phil Davis is a Bellator light heavyweight champion, and maybe their second best division they have. I mean, this is a guy. Yeah, this this could be this could be Rumble's chance, but uh, it does seem to me too that when when the pressure's on, uh, he he gets bothered by it a little bit. That's true. That's true. I remember years ago, uh, our viewers will know him as Nikita Krylov fan, Corey Cropper. Uh, he's the, the only Nikita Krylov fan in the world, I think. When the Sun and Jones thing happened, or the, and the Henderson thing happened, and they had to pull out, we were like, just call up Rumble from World Series of Fighting or Titan or wherever he's at. And right. people were like, no, that's ridiculous. He can't compete at that weight. Like, yeah, he can. Yeah. yeah, he can. Without a doubt. Perhaps an even tougher fight to pick, this co-main event. It's Gegard Musashi and Chris Weidman. Now, the Chris Weidman that we've seen, it's, it's, it's hit or miss. We know he's still like a top-level talent. He's really good. But uh, do you remember that Romero knockout where he actually got kneed three times? He got kneed on the way up as Romero hit him. Then his own face hit his own knee because he folded up. Then Romero came down on top of him with another knee. Who is that? Uh, Chris Weidman. Okay, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He uh, so, split his damn brain apart. Yes. So it, You never know how somebody will come back from something like that. It's been two years since he's gotten a win. He's facing Gegard Musashi, who could compete at 205 pounds. Both of these guys could compete and succeed at 205 pounds. Mm-hmm. How do you think this one goes? This is a hell of a fight, too. It is. I'm, I'm going with Weidman on this one, you know, uh, I think the Romero thing, uh, Weidman got a little lazy. He got a little predictable. That that uh, you know, you can't say it was a lucky knee. I hate. I, it's one of those pet peeves of mine when somebody says it's a lucky. No, he he bent the knee that motherfucker, and he did. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. He didn't. He Pe- didn't trip. And people fall always, 
Yeah, people said that about Fedor when he knocked out Arlovsky. I'm like, is it unfortunate for Arlovsky? Yeah, maybe maybe poor luck on Arlovsky's part, but not poor luck on the guy throwing his hand at somebody's face, intending that, to connect with it. He punched that bitch out of the air. There was precision yeah. there because he wasn't in the air when you know when it just started <laughs> to happen. He wasn't normally fighting in the air. He jumped and Fedor punched that bitch out of the air. There was no way that's a lucky punch. Do you, do you remember those old toys? Shit, I can't remember what they were. Uh, my little cousins had them all the time. They would have like the little the pixies or whatever, and you'd pull the string and they'd go fly it up in the air. That's what Arlovsky looked like. He just spun up in the air and just. Yeah, see, I'm a huge Fedor fan, so I was worried because Arlovsky was doing so good in that one, and then bam. That, I don't know who the hell ever said that was a lucky punch. Evidently doesn't understand striking at all. Exactly. No was but uh, I'm going to go with Weidman. You know, uh, Musasi's talented, definitely a, a, a technical fighter, but I think uh, Weidman could counter Musasi's strengths. And um, and I, I got to think that he's hungry, that he's upset about that last fight because he was doing good against Romero until, you know, he started doing the same uh, thing re- repetitively, and that's Romero picked up on that and threw that knee. Um, so I, I kind of doubt he'll make that same mistake again. Um, but I'm going with Weidman on that. There's a, this is an underrated show. There's not a lot of star power on the prelim card or even really below the co-main event. Will Brooks and Charles Oliveira is an interesting one. Uh, we got Patrick Cummins, Jan Blakowicz, who are, I think, top 15 light heavyweights. Caitlin Chikagan, Irene Aldana, that's a big prospect fight in the women's bantamweight division. Anything else particularly on this card you're looking forward to? Former title challengers, Alves Cote. Um, who is it again? What did you just say? Uh, Patrick Alves, Cote? Tiago Alves and Patrick Cote at welterweight. Oh, wow. I ain't even... I didn't even know that was on the card. Isn't uh, isn't Eddie Alvarez fighting again soon too? Or is that on two eleven? Uh that that's that's on another show. Okay. Yeah, I think I've just mainly been focusing on those two. I got to look at that undercard and see, you know, because normally I do a parlay anyway. Uh mm-hmm. on, on my bet so I can make a little extra cheddar. Parlays are sure. hard to come by. Yeah, I'm gonna look at that undercard and uh play around a little bit more. But I think for the main guys I'm gonna go with Cormier and and Weidman. On the I surface of who they are right now, if the uh, if the lines are drastic, that could change my bet a little bit. Yeah. Rumble Johnson, Calvillo, Desmond Green parlay. I, I don't know how that would pay. I haven't checked the odds on Rumble. I assume he's the underdog, but I know Desmond Green is, and I think he's a fair bet as well. And then uh, Calvillo, the Cynthia Calvillo. No, nobody knows who she is, but I, I would imagine she is the first person in UFC history. To have her first two UFC fights be on the main cards of uh, UFC back-to-back UFC pay-per-views. She Who was, was on the UFC? last one. Uh, Amanda Cooper at UFC 209. So she was on the main card of 209 and 210. That I don't know that that's ever happened before. That's big money. Evidently, she's a big star. No, we're gonna put a rocket on that girl, send her to the moon. Might as well. Her her last fight was pretty good. Uh, Shane, anything else uh, you have for this week? This WrestleMania week which is really a lot more than just WrestleMania week. It's just a busy week. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, whatever, we got 363, 62 more days to the next WrestleMania, WrestleCon yeah. event. So uh, everybody needs to be preparing and planning. You know, I say every year, like, if you can't get booked WrestleMania weekend, then you're just not trying or you're just not applying yourself. Oh, you suck. There's always that. That's, that's always an option. Uh a great a lot of events. There'll be just as more next year. Uh, we're just submitting next year in New Orleans, so that's going to be good. Looking forward to that. Uh, my girl's competing again. She'll be on stage this Saturday night, so I get the chance to be a fan for her for the Looking first time. Jacked, uh, jacked, an official fan. Yeah, thank you, man. I appreciate. It. I've been working out really hard. Um, oh, you mean Karen? Karen looks phenomenal. You know, and that was a good. It was a good thing. We're down at WrestleMania with all the divas, all the knockouts, and uh, Karen just blew them all away. And I say that, you know, not, not insulting anybody, but her body is just on another level right she, now. She hit me in the back of the head with a northern lariat. I ain't waking up until tomorrow. No, that back shot I put of her, you know, it was just for the pants, yeah. too, because that company sent her the pants. And so we just needed some picture of the pants to, uh, you know, uh, whatever, boost the company up a little bit. And I just like, hey, flex your back. And that wasn't like she didn't – she didn't like do any back warm-ups or anything for that picture. She just hit a double bias, and I was like, God. I was like, wait till you see this one. 
Uh, so I'm pretty excited about that. You know, obviously I'm a fan of her as a human being because we're together. But uh, this will be the first time I'm the official fan in the in the stands cheering her on. So I, I'm really excited about that right there. And uh, uh, looking forward to Impact this week. My storyline with uh, Andrew Everett's going to continue. That little greasy long haired bastard. And um, that'll be on eight o'clock Pop TV. A little long head hippie bastard son of a bitch that he is. Uh, so I'm yeah. By the time to you. By the time you all see this, it will have aired. But uh, yeah, Shane getting involved in shit. Yeah, yeah. And if you saw that little clip that I posted uh, this morning, I, I retweeted. I don't know if you got to see it. You know, that was uh, from the Battle Royals. You can see the boy in action. I, the kid can still move. Your boy can <laughs> still move. You're going to do a neck breaker off the top rope? Hell no. I'll do that motherfucker <laughs> off the bottom. Oh, I remember all the time when Matt would do the second rope leg drop and he would go, oh, I'm like, it's a second rope, Matt. Come on. This shit still hurts. Oh, yeah, that's true. Uh, where can they follow you on social media? At ShaneHelms.com, cross-platform, uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr still. I think I'm even on LinkedIn somewhere, but I don't know what it is because I forgot my password. I don't even Guys, know why I did follow- that. I did it one day. Follow at Sean Ross app at Fightful Wrestle at Fightful MMA at Fightful Online. Of course, subscribe to us iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube. Register for free at Fightful.com and you'll get early access to shows like this and the Matt Riddle Show. Of course, Shane Helms has no shortage of stories. Guilty is charged with the stories. Anything else? All good, man. All good. Thanks for another good one. We're out, guys. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.